Welcome. I welcome you. The ran out of talent. Podcast. We can't thank you enough for checking in, taking it in, listening to the stats. Joey Fitzsimmons is the co-host. And you got Joe Jr. running the show. Me? I'm a man just trying to just rip up a couple freestyles just for you tuning in to ran out of talent. But if you ever run out of talent, don't take no time, don't take anything, just get a hold of Junior or Joey and talk about it. But if you Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. And tonight it's not our normal recording night. Um, I wanted to get Clayton Young in because he's running for our president. Um, I wanted to get a, get you in earlier, Clayton. I ju- it just slipped my mind. So <laughs> no, that works. But you know the election is going until November thirtieth. So by the time this gets out, people have about a week left to vote. Hey, that's still plenty of time. <laughs> right, right. So you've been how long have you been racing for? Um, I listened to your interview. Um, with Keenan and it seemed like you were on and off for a few years. Yeah, I was in the Marine Corps straight out of high school. So I liked the sport, but I didn't have enough time to like dedicate to it. So I could race for a couple weekends and then I would travel. Right. So like it was like, oh, this is so fun, but I can't yeah. stick with it. You know, uh one of my old old co-hosts for this show, he got into racing in the army over in Iraq. Oh wow, I didn't even know they did it over there. Yeah, they bought like whatever they could get and they made a makeshift oval track and that's how a lot of guys have gotten into it. Yeah, I just started doing some oval this year, which has been actually very fun. So Ah, oh, my co-host has been trying to get me into it. <laughs> I I can't afford it. Like I I just booked my hotel room for Silver State today, and that was expensive enough. I'm I'm on a no spend <laughs> for a while because <laughs> I I'm not going to Silver State for a scale. I'm going for fifth scale. Oh wow! Yeah, that sounds even more expensive. Yeah, it's so much more fun. You know, (laughs) maybe one day I keep getting, Hey, can you drive this for me? Hey, can you drive this for me? And then I do it. And I'm like, Oh my God, I got to get one of these things, man. I've been, I've been handing my radio to anybody who will drive it. Like, um, I let Dave Duncan drive mine in October in the pouring rain. Oh, he did break it. He did break it. I was actually fixing it right before we got on. So funny story (laughs) at the, uh, off-road Nats in Oregon. Um, Tim Caporal asked if he could drive my four wheel drive after qualifying was over. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, sure. So I let him drive it. No problems. He hands the radio to Dave Duncan. <laughs> Dave Duncan goes down the straightaway full speed, hits the inside of the corner and embeds my four wheel drive into the wall. Yeah. <laughs> Destroyed the shock tower. We had to ask, ask x-ray guys for parts because there wasn't enough parts in the hobby store to fix my buggy. You know, if I ain't like Dave and if I didn't bother him to drive it, I would have maybe been a little upset, but I'm like, dude, you got to drive it. <laughs> you know, he'll be coming back to Minnesota here in a couple of weeks to do a dollar hobbies race. So oh, nice. What was your first R- like RC car that, you know, got you into it? So when I was a kid, my dad was racing little sprint cars and they were associated and leisures. Yeah. 
so that that was like my first time seeing them i think okay. there were four cells and we he would have me make his tire so he would put foam on a rim and then i would put silicone on on them and then roll them yeah. together yep, yep to make <laughs> to make grip so and was, that was my first experience with them was the silicone called mountain in minutes I have no idea. It was whatever my dad told me to put on there. Okay. He was a mechanic, so I just kind of did what he said. Gotcha. <laughs> so we used to um, race oval on a roller rink when we were in between, when like there was a lull in Minnesota racing back in the mid-90s to where there was nowhere to race except for this one roller rink. So my dad, with this pan car, a 10-scale pan car, he um, coated foam tires with silicone and then cut them down, and the stuff was called Mountain in Minutes. Hmm. Oh, it was Yeah, awesome. I'm not sure. It looked like it was just sealant silicone. Because yeah. first it was white, and then uh, later he went to some black stuff. So oh, gotcha, I don't know. Gotcha. My dad was pretty smart. <laughs> yep, yep. So since you've been racing, you – well, first off um, – do you have wife and kids? Are your kids into this? Is, you know, does your wife come with you to the track? I'm always curious about this. Yeah, no wives. Um, I had them and they didn't work out. <laughs> um, my daughters, I have one daughter who's 30 yeah. and does her own thing. And um, she's a nurse and husband. And I uh, have one daughter who's 15. Yep. And she used to race, um, but then she lost interest when she became a teenager. So it's so hard. Keeping, Nobody, it's just me. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard keeping kids interested. So my daughter actually had immediate talent with it when I got her into Simon Road racing. But she hated the fact that the race days took so long. So mm. she quit. I mean, it's really. She's an exceptional student, and if, if she wasn't, she would have a whole lot more activities to do, you know, to keep. But it's like right now, I'm fine with her just doing the, what. it's hard keeping her just into jiu-jitsu, believe me. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, because she's pretty good at that too, but it's like you got to do something. You choose an activity, and she can't come up with anything better, so... And then my son, he races. It's a blast having him come to the track with me now. At first, it was very, very trying. And now he's actually getting into the wrenching side of it and asking if he can help and, you know, actually getting into it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I would have been totally fine if she would have started driving and just had me wrench. I mean, sometimes I enjoy watching racing just as much as I do actually racing and you know, it's much less stressful if i'm not the one driving because the then it's you know not me to make yeah. a mistake <laughs> for me oh i'll tell you what when my like my boys in the intermediate classes when he takes the lead i swear i'm way more nervous for him than when i'm ever on the track <laughs> i mean it's one of those things so what got you um into Roar, because you were in Roar before this, because I had a question for Zach, and he explained it, because so many years ago, EA ran to be the president, he got on the ballot, he basically got voted in, got people to join Roar and vote for him, and they screwed him out of it, because they, they made him go through the entire process and said, oh, you can't be president, because 
I think it was because he never held an executive position. Or it was some. Yeah, I thought they said that he what he had a um, affiliate membership instead of a personal membership, oh. which doesn't even make sense to me because if you look at the affiliate membership, it says it comes with an individual membership. Yeah. So there was. I, I wasn't in Roar at that point, I, and I know EA is kind of bitter about that. I want to say um, that was probably because you've been racing for six, seven years. Yeah, like somewhere between six and eight. I haven't yeah. been able to pin down when I really started racing consistently and traveling. You might have just been getting into it at that point, but you've been in like the Roar committee. So what did you used to do for Roar? So um, uh, when I started racing more seriously, uh, instead of complaining about Roar, I decided to be part of the executive committee and I was competition director. Okay. And when I joined them, I said, hey, look, there's three things we got to fix. We got to fix our membership. So people aren't always asking where their membership card is. We need to fix the website and we need to fix the rule book. If we can't do those three things in two years, I'm resigning. Right. So, uh, you know, the first, after that, uh, we did a meeting. I'm like, so which one of these we're going to tackle first? And I was assigned, well, you're the competition director. So you need to rewrite the national guidelines for racing. I'm like, Ooh. okay. So I took a month, rewrote the guidelines for racing. I'm like, okay, that's done. Now what? Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> well, you can start working on the rule book, but you need to coordinate with all the rest of the committee. So I'm like, okay. So I went through the rule book, reorganized it, put it so all the classes were up front and you could easily see in charts all the things that were referenced throughout the rule book instead of having to go to different pages. You just had like a little spreadsheet of width, height, length, weight, voltage, yeah. like all your basic track widths and any things that kind of related to that class. Okay. Um, got the whole committee. Everybody's like, yep, this looks good. This looks good. This looks good. It took, it didn't, it wasn't overnight. That was like a two to three month process. Okay. And then everybody agreed. Yes, we're updated. Let's go ahead and push it. Yep. And then Chuck's like, wait, I don't agree with the way that it's organized. Oh. Like, okay, it's a spreadsheet or it's a word doc. So you just tell me which way you want it. Yep. No, 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 no. Let me go through it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so every month after that, how about now? Well, I only got what is this section done. I know I got the next section. It's like just dragged on forever and ever. Um, he told Gord at one point, it'll be done January 1st. January came and went, still nothing. Still to this day, nothing. So yeah, I got to the point where I was just like, I'm tired of doing all this stuff. And nothing being actually implemented. Right. So I'm out. Yep. You know, and Chuck was like, you know, I, I understand that you're frustrated. I'm like, it's beyond frustration. You're right. Yeah, I am frustrated, but I'm out of time. I'm moving. I'm like changing jobs. There's too much going on for me to be frustrated with work. True. Well, like, would you reconsider? I'm like, not right now. Like, maybe if my life clears up in a year or so, uh, we'll reconsider. Yeah. And so, like... At that point, I was just done. I was like, I'm fed up. I I got a way to do membership easier. Like, I got everything in place to do all the stuff, and nothing would get implemented. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm out. And then I, something triggered me in February of this year, and I was just like, you know what? Next year's president, if you want to fix it, you can become president. And I started posting. I'm like, look, I'm running for president. Let's change this whole thing. Let's right. get everybody out. Let's get everybody voting. Yep. So as a president, 
I've never been exactly sure the power of the president of Roar. I know they have, let's say, I almost compared it to being the president of the United States, but the president of Roar has more power in Roar than the president of the United States has in the country is the way I see it. Yeah, that's that's the way I would see it. I mean, everything's majority vote. Yep. Um, but some decisions are like spur of the moment, like, hey, we're at eight scale Nats and none of these motors are on the list. Yeah. But, you know, 90% of the people don't have something on the list. Okay, it's an eight scale motor. Like, why are we worrying about it? Exactly. Just, instead of screwing all the drivers and making them go buy something, we'll just say, look, we understand that some people didn't get their stuff through approvals and we're just going to let it ride. It's a modified motor anyways. It's not highly teched, so run what you run. Right. So I want to get into actually a little bit of that aspect, but it was more about A-scale wings, touring car bodies, bruggy (laughs) bodies, all that stuff. So my question is, so everything's sent to Roar for approval, right? Yes, ish. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they send wings and stuff. There's dimensions that they're supposed to meet, I think. Right, right. But let's say they don't get to a touring car body by a Nationals. But let's say it's EFRA or IFMAR or FEMCAR approved. Can, you know, this is what I've always been wondering. Can they make a special exception being like, hey, this is IFMAR approved. We haven't gotten to it yet, but you can use it for this national instead of screwing everybody and making every, I mean, the one reason. So, oh, go ahead. Technically, yes. They, uh, you know, they could approve anything at any point, anyhow. Yeah. The the hesitation from being on the committee when some of these weren't passing is that, um, Bob finds spots that he doesn't agree with everybody else in the world that they pass. But, and I've had discussions with Bob about, you know, you understand the intent of the rule, but yeah. until it's rewritten, you have to go with the way it's written. Yes. The companies so, work in the gray areas. Yep. And so I, I'm not sure how that will be remedied um through committee yet yeah but i definitely know that it's going to be addressed because i'm one of those touring car people that doesn't understand (laughs) how we can have approved bodies and every other sanctioning body with the same global spec but ours so i know it's a little crazy and it does go both ways that's why i'm kind of like well maybe if roar could strengthen or communicate a little bit but i know I know the relationship's probably strong with IFMAR, but if you guys could communicate a little better, you know, like um, one year a bunch of A-scale drivers couldn't use the wings and the only legal wing was a Kyosho wing. That was, was that the 2018 A-scale worlds? It was something like that, 2018 or 2016. But it's always this trivial little stuff like that, that it's a... It makes you look at all all these all these organizations are a little guilty of it, but it makes yeah. you look at them like, what are you guys doing? You're hurting things, you know. Let's say you go to the worlds and you know your 
probably not going to make it out of the 116th final. And you're getting beaten up about a wing that's Roar legal, but it's not Ifmar legal, and you have no opportunity to get a proper wing. It's one of those types of things. It's like, and then it comes this way too, like with the Ifmar legal bodies. Oops, sorry. <laughs> with the Ifmar legal bodies to Roar, it, it should kind of go both ways, I would think. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Um, what else do we got? So I have a couple little things I'm going to combine together in my notes. <laughs> no worries. No. So I live in a dead region. Okay. I mm-hmm. live, I, I live in region seven. And last I look, we have two roar affiliated tracks. We've had two regionals in the past 18 years in 2004 and 2018. Uh, wow. Skews had the on-road one in 2018. And in uh, 2004, it was a 10-scale off-road one. But ever since then, it's like we, uh, we've we had nothing. We've had a couple of regional direction, directors, but it's gone nowhere. We don't even have a regional director right now. So let's say it gets past uh, these elections and somebody wants to come to you and say, hey, I want to be a regional director for region seven and like the Dakota slideways club. It's an a scale track. And they say, I want to have a regionals here. Could they just go and be like, would you guys have like a special election or just appoint the person that wants to be a regional director? Is there anything written about that? Cause you know, it's, there's, it's vaguely written that if there's a vacancy, uh, I believe I have to check the exact wording, but I'm pretty sure the committee could vote uh, for or against somebody taking over region region when there's no director. I mean, my stance would be if somebody wants to do it, more power to them. What do you need to make that region grow? Right. The other thing is like what I understand the roar tracks were not roar tracks, but the roar should be in the business of promoting the sport yep. regardless of whether they're roar affiliated. Yes. If they're a roar affiliated, go ahead and put a, Make them bold because they're war affiliated, war affiliated. But they're not. Still put them on there, and you know, give them a reason to want to be part of war. Just telling everybody war, war. You know, too bad. That's not making the sport anything. You know, we need to help the sport grow. We need to be pushing races everywhere. It doesn't matter if they're war or not. Yeah, they need to be supported, and then war needs to be something that people want to be part of. Not, it's not like we're Disney, huh? You got to pay us a million dollars. That's not the way things should work. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's the thing. And a lot of these tracks too. That well, I don't know if it's still this way. I used to run in the heart of America until 2009 doing a scale on road, and we had to have a roar membership just for the um and liability insurance. People don't realize that roar comes a roar membership comes with uh some kind of a liability insurance. Yeah, so it, it works if the track's Roar affiliated right, and right, they are right. Roar members. But right. a lot of people choose to do their own insurance yep. for their track, yeah. and so then they don't need the Roar insurance. Yeah. Uh, I haven't owned a track to know which would be cheaper. I would imagine the Roar thing's cheaper, but I don't know. So I'm on the committee for the MNRC. It's a 1A scale off-road 
uh, deal for the series for the state of Minnesota, and we have our own liability insurance. It's not too bad. It's a little expensive, and it gets a little more expensive every year. Right. So, well, yeah, I imagine the roar is cheaper only because the members are paying part of it and the track's paying part of it would be my guess. But yeah. like I said, I'm not sure. Right. Um. So, yeah, I, I, I really would because it's like I never felt like we've been invited to Region 8 regionals before because we live in a dead region, but it still doesn't feel right going down to like Omaha and racing regional. So that's something I hope someone that listens would help kickstart again because, you know, it's it's a little tough. What else do I got here? Oh, I mean, at some point it would be nice to be big enough that you have to go to a regionals and place, you know, top 15, 20 in your region to run for a championship. So that way they actually mean something. But we're nowhere near that right now. Yeah, that was a question, but we'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> do you ever watch the um, 1968 Roar Nationals? Is pretty cool. It's off topic. It's not really a question, but <laughs> no, I've never. I didn't know they had video cameras back then. Yeah, they have it on YouTube. Just look up. Uh, I don't even think they call it 1968 Roar. I don't know if they call it uh, Nationals or what they call it, but it's actually pretty cool. Um, it, it has nothing to do with how we race nowadays and all that, but it, it, it's almost like it was like Roar's first like full year. And it was just, oh, okay. just a lot of fun. Um, well, that's one thing too. Like I went to the Florida carpet champs and it, it was a high stress race, but oh, it was yeah. fun. People were having fun. People were joking and laughing and like, you know, there wasn't a bunch of screaming and yelling and high stress. Dude, Even though it was a high-stress race. That track was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It was super fun to drive. It was hard, but it was super fun. Yeah, I want to get down. Every year when they have the Florida Ch- Carpet Championships, the track just blows me away. I live 40 minutes away from a national-level facility, but, man, it's like that Florida track goes like two extra steps. <laughs> it is awesome. Um, How'd you do this weekend? I meant to ask you. So I actually made the B main in both uh, two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. That's and pretty good. And then with my stock buggy, I made the over 40 mod uh, A main. Nice. So that was kind of fun, except I was kind of in the way because, uh, like the last main, a bunch of them wrecked up front. Oh. And I was like, oh, I'm in this position. You're going to have to pass me. Exactly. And they're, like, running up in mod. And like, get the hell out of our way. <laughs> it's like, nope. You're so freaking <laughs> slow. I'm like, no, I got position. Exactly. And uh, Jason Rona jumped over the top of me at that point. <laughs> It didn't work out, but later I, like, messed up and he totally got by. Oh, yeah. It was just one of those, like, no, I'm going to earn their respect, but I was probably more pissing them off than earning the respect. You probably were pissing them off, but that's still kind of fun. (laughs) Um, It looked like it actually made a difference to have a mod motor on that track, which was awesome. yeah. I did end up putting a 13.5 in for the main, so it wasn't as bad as not having, but I didn't do any booster turbo because I... Wasn't sure my throttle finger could handle it. I'm kind of a heavy throttle driver. Right. So the, um, I, I would have been still accelerating when I should have been turning. Yeah. Boost and whatnot, yeah. that just It's gotten better over the years, but it still doesn't feel 100% smooth. The first years we did it, it was so bad, I swear you could feel the jumps in the radio. <laughs> 
So speaking of motors and whatnot, stock motors is a big topic of discussion in my area. Um, so if you look at the rural rules now, I believe I haven't looked at them in a year, but I looked at them a year ago to make sure it was a stock motor wasn't supposed to cost more than like 150 bucks. Right. But that's not the case at all. Well, so yes, the motors that most people are running are more than $150. Yes. Their base model of those motors is under 150 or at the limit, whatever. Yeah, so, the, so it becomes virtually impossible to say who bought hop-up parts yep. and so, who bought it over. You're just kind of stuck at that point. Yeah, it, it just kills me a little bit because it's gone. And again, I'm way, I am might be a couple years younger than you, but I'm way more old school. So I come from... Oh, yeah, like I'm fairly new to the whole... Sp- you know, the whole inner yeah. workings of the sport. I've always seen it from the outside until like the last six years or so. So, yeah. so back in the day, stock motors had to be, you know, locked. This is brush days. And I always knew that this was opening up a can of worms. And we figured this out with the original, like the original brushless motors at Novak SS motors, when we could get a little bit of timing out of them. I knew that was going to open up a can of worms. But a brush motor back in the day, you couldn't change to a different armature. The armature had to, had to be the armature that goes with the motor. Like you could replace the armature, but with the same armature. Mm-hmm. And all that, and you couldn't change the timing. Timing was locked at 24 degrees and all that other stuff. And now we're at the point to where it it makes you wonder, is it, would it ever be possible to put that genie back in the bottle through roar with a little bit tighter restrictions? Yeah. So that's an interesting question because I feel like stock has gotten way too fast, even as one of the good stock drivers. Oh yeah. Um, I, so Gravity or Motive has the USGT motor, which is fairly well regulated and monitored. Yes. So I think you would have to do something to that degree where it's pretty hard to make any timing changes without really changing the motor. And right. you can pretty much put it on a motorizer and see if it's been messed with. Right, right. So you don't have to take it apart kind of deal. Yeah. Um, so I think something like that would have to happen. Uh, we'd have to get the problem is like which manufacturer gets to do that kind of deal, um, and you know who well, who's all agreeing. So it's well, a manufacturer nightmare, maybe or it would be or windfall kind of deal. Well, you would have to give them two years. You would, because you know that on average that's about how long um, a model of motor lasts about two years. Yeah, you'd have to... uh, with the tighter regulations that we've had, though, um, like the R1 motors are pretty much the same motors for the last three years. Yeah, that's but true. But that's, that's abnormal, and that might be because of the resistance thing, but I'm not sure if that's what's done it or if there's 
something else like they just can't get any more without changing more stuff um, i'm not sure exactly what's caused that right but one of the things i would like to do as president is get the different manufacturers together and ask them what's working for you what's not working for you right what do we need to update you know somebody will speak up and say hey so uh, i know a bunch of other manufacturers are working around this rule or that rule yeah you know so, so hopefully in working with manufacturers we can make things fun for everybody and make an even even playing field yeah i i won't name who but it's a big electronics manufacturer and they said we won't even play in that stock motor game <laughs> and it's <laughs> like they have all the resources to do it too it's like wow yeah i mean that doesn't surprise me um yeah man it's it's just one of those things it's almost like the motors are almost stuck. It's like the biggest thing. I mean, Trinity's come out with their new motor. Yeah, I don't, the, it's a good motor, that slot machine. It's a really good motor, but it's almost like the red rotor that came out last year is almost way bigger than the actual mo- slot machine coming out. I think. What brand of motors do you run? Um, I run for Phantom right now, right. but I've run R1 motors and I've run Trinity motors. Um, and as president, you know, I won't be running for any one manufacturer, just whatever works for me yeah. as I continue to race. Cause I don't plan on stopping racing just cause I'm president. But right. I think the way to figure out what's going on is to be one of those people that does race and does hear <laughs> and does experience uh, the pitfalls of stuff going on on the track. Well, you've been racing long enough to have spent your money and gotten a turd of a motor too, haven't you? Oh yeah. Yep. I don't even remember what it was, but my first motor that I, I got when I started racing was horrible. I know like, it just hurts <laughs> it so like, much. What more is, now. What's wrong with this? Yeah. And somebody's like, it's that brand. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> Well, then why is this, why did they sell it? Like, why would somebody <laughs> sell this brand if it's no good? Well, I, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. And yeah, that's brutal. It, it It's one of the, it, you can't do anything about the price now because these companies need to make a good profit to stay in business. And them selling motors at what they sell at, they kind of have to do it. But man, when you get one of those turds, it hurts so much more. Oh, yeah. Like At the, least the motorizer lets you see certain things so you can know if yeah. it's going to be somewhat good or not. Yeah. Um, but you don't get to motorize it before you buy it. Right. So. Right. Um, I've been in situations to where a hobby shop has motorized the entire batch and they've taken the best ones out and the rest go to the customers. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. Yeah, I, a lot of hobby shops do that. It's It's brutal, but... And again, you can't do nothing about it. And if you want to support, um, you know, your hobby shop, which everyone should. Uh, right, right. I, I have a couple more questions. I'm sorry. Sure. I get I get off on tangents. No so, bruggy bodies. Is that a gray zone thing? Or is I always thought that the body had to cover the shock tower. Yeah, so that would be a manufacturer meeting to figure out how to get back into somewhat of a box um, that looks like they're supposed to. Yeah. Like the whole truggy thing, like that, 
I, I've raced eight scale one time and yep. it was kind of a disaster because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to build the buggy. Yeah. I brought it to the Losi guy that like had designed it. And I'm like, this thing doesn't turn. And he's like, <laughs> nobody has ever said my buggies don't turn. And then he starts looking at it. He's like, well, you got Loctite that's going through all these all these parts that's like yep. binding everything up and <laughs> this is upside down and i'm like oh uh well thank you for fixing everything and by the time the mains rolled around it wasn't too bad but i was like almost dead last so yeah i didn't make it very far <laughs> so i bumped once <laughs> i didn't start racing a scale buggy until i was 25 you know, I didn't even start racing nitro or anything until I was 18. For my 18th birthday, I got a nitro gas truck. And back when I started racing nitro A-scale, they didn't have uh, electric yet. That didn't mm. come. I mean, they did kind of, but I think they were still trying to run Nimpacks in those things. It, the, fir the first couple iterations of the electric A-scale were a disaster. Oh, okay. Um. But yeah, man, it's, it's, a, you know, the stadium, 10 scale stadium truck and one, a scale truggies, the truck bodies don't look like any real truck out there, but when an RC guy sees them, they see a truggy, but now they're looking at, they call it the bruggy, the one seventh scale buggy is what they're calling them. And they mm. are, I, I've had this discussion online several times okay <laughs> they they are 100 percent faster and the people who say they're not faster i ask them the simple question so how do you finish at your local races well <laughs> i'm between eighth and fifth which is great but it's like did the bruggy body help uh, i couldn't tell a difference what's your consistency 87 percent well you know, you really can't listen to those guys. Yeah. I don't mean to be a dick, and we all start out somewhere, and we all have bad... I've had full bad seasons before. And it's like, you know, it's like I get it, but yeah, pros wouldn't be using it if it wasn't that much faster. True. There would be a Unless their sponsor told them they had to run yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but most pros yep. would tell the sponsor, look, Yep. This thing's horrible. Do you want me to win or do you want me to just sit there and circulate? The amount of pros that weren't on the tires that they were supposed to be on at the 1A scale worlds, you would be, well, you might not be shocked, but not many. Right. It, it, it was Hot Race and AKA and, you know, a couple of fibs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, I was always wondering, it's like, how did they get away with doing the the bruggy body situation? But it's like, it's Techno was the first one to do it, and everybody went with it, and yeah. So Yeah, I don't, I don't remember there being much in the way of rules when it came to truggies or buggy bodies. Yeah, I, I thought it was just that the body had to cover the shock tower, and maybe that front nose piece is considered covering the front shock tower. Maybe. Mm. I, I would have to look. I really don't know much about them. Yeah. Uh, one more A-scale thing. Um, so you were going to get asked this on Keenan's podcast, but he forgot, and 
I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to forget. <laughs> 1A scale fuel tank testing. Now, what they're doing, they said they were going to look into it, and we kept bothering them and bothering them. And for like six months, it's like, yo, you said you were going to look into this. I don't think they looked into it and they just said, look, it doesn't affect things. The It's like a reverse like fish tank deal. Mm-hmm. And it only does do like one or two PSI to run the fuel through. But, man, when things are hot like that, it could do a little... I mean, when you're pass or failing, when you're missing by one cc, 12 seconds of fuel, dude, that's... I would ask for... I, I would at least have a manual option there. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, so I was at the Nats, but I was gone by the time that that happened. Okay. Um, so I don't know exactly how far they failed by. It didn't seem like anybody ever videotaped it, which is another irritating thing. Yes. Like, if, if there's a question, yes. why are we not videotaping the whole thing? So there is no question about what's exactly. going on. Well, Tessman missed by 1cc. Okay. And I think Cole Ogden forgot to put the proper insert in. So I think he missed by quite a bit more, even though he was going, you know, the proper whatever for fuel stops. Right, right. But uh, it was literally one CC. And you're right. So it's funny when um, JQ beat Adam Drake to bump to the A at some race in California and JQ failed tech. That whole thing was on video, <laughs> and it was all over the internet the second he failed tech. But they they had a manual situation though; it wasn't a pump. Okay, that that's the only thing I was, you know. But it was on video, but it was because it was JQ, and people like to, you know, people like to not like the guy. Oh. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I'm very agnostic. I don't really give a crap. As long as this is a repeatable process that everybody could do, right. then that's what it should be. Like, that shouldn't be secret. It shouldn't be done behind closed doors. Team managers should be there. Like, whoever wants to be there, get Tyler Hooks with live RC webcam. Yeah. Everybody be right there. See the deal. If they want to say, okay, well, can you do it this other way? Do it the other way. See what happens. See if there's a difference. Yep. It doesn't have to be this secret society. World War F you like, yeah. like these, it should be out in the open. Everybody can see it. There should be no question. You know, I haven't been to a roar net since 2010 because well, there, there hasn't been any that interests me to be honest with you. Cause I don't go to roar Nats because I'm not a good enough driver to make the world's list. So it's like good example. I could go, race at the 1A scale nationals this year, or I could go to Silver State and race my fifth scale for my big race for the year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, I'm going to go race my fifth scale because I'm going to get, but when I went for 10th, but this is when Don Sanchez was president, but tech was super straightforward. Your car fits in this box. Your voltage is this. Your weight is that. Your ride height is this. Good luck. And that's mm-hmm. it, you know, and I, I think it needs to be, and that was 10 scale electric, but I think it needs to be more like that. 
Oh, I would agree. I mean, the bodies. Um, so at the last Nats, uh, Paved Nats and Valkyrie. Yep. Um, there were bodies that were approved that weren't on the list. Batteries that were approved that weren't on the list, and they oh. had to go back after one of the manufacturers. Like you just approved my body that I sent in a year ago that you said wasn't legal. Oh. Whoa, 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 you should know better. No, no. You're the tech people. You're Roar. The, like, the you second, should have known better. The second it passes, it should go on the list. You know what I mean? Right, so it never passed, but, but they put a sticker on it as though it was one of the ones that had passed. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. That's uh, pretty shady. Right, well, the manufacturer brought it back. He was trying to prove a point that they yeah. weren't checking. And then there were people that brought batteries up there that hadn't been submitted. And it was just like, uh, it, Dude, it has not gotten any better. So you haven't missed anything by not going to a nationals. Yeah. Sorry about the dings. We're uh, on Facebook messenger. Oh, no, we're, we're on Facebook messenger. Usually we're on Skype. I'm going to get what Keenan has at StreamYard, but uh, my video production has um, been put on hold for the past couple months. I got Dude. My wife painted my big ran out of talent logo right behind me. I got everything that I, I can't see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I look at it. I'm like, man, that's sweet, but no one else can see it. <laughs> uh-huh. So, but yeah, man, it sounds like you have good intentions. So there are also a couple of spots still open that, is is it? Do you need to be elected into those spots, or are they appointed by you? So those are appointed by the president, okay, um, based on resumes that are submitted to fill those positions. I don't think that Roar is advertised, so the positions are even open. Um, okay. But if people are listening, we are looking for a promotions director, somebody that will promote the sport. Yeah, not Roar, the sport. Right. Like, go to these events, video, photography. Write stories, like promote the races coming up, promote, promote, promote. So if there's somebody out there who's looking to make a name for themselves because the spots in Roar are non-paid, they're voluntary, um, we are definitely looking for you. So be ready with the resume and be sending that stuff in so we can start promoting the sport that probably is the most action-packed six minutes in motorsports. It is. It really is. Um, Like it... I, I think I've tried to quit this hobby twice. <laughs> and I've always, back, I took a break when I was uh, BMX racing when I was a teenager. I thought I was going to be something, and instead I just lost the little bit of momentum I had RC racing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried to kind of take a break um, in my early 20s, too. And it's like, every time, it just keeps drawing me back every time. Um, yeah, man, uh, I've, I've held on to you for a little bit. Uh, I only have a couple of questions I want listeners asked. Um, let me pull them up here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if somebody's asked a question, I'm fine with other questions too. Yeah. Um, they're, they're polite. They're not, you know, one thing I do like is I like how you let us on Keenan's podcast. If you haven't listened to um, the No Name RC podcast, please do. Um, you also went in depth about the cost of Roar um, coming to your nationals to hold it. Because as 
I'm not a track owner, but if you look at the track owner side, well, it looks like the track only gets 1,500 at this amount of entries, 1,000 at this amount of entries, and then a piece of some of the entries if it fills. But you right. guys are losing money at four out of six nationals because of your RMT team you have to send. Right. Well, that and so it's the RMT members, but it's also shipping all the tools and computers. Oh, yeah. Because basically they come in and take over the track uh, when it comes to running the races part. Yeah. Um, they don't take over the maintenance of the track, but right. like running the event part ends yeah. up becoming Roar's responsibility. All the trophies, that's Roar's responsibility. So Right, right. Um, so I have a couple questions here from Aiden Burke. He mm -hmm. does the Extra Lap RC podcast. Hey, yeah, big over in the UK. Uh, he's got the best voice in all of pod, RC podcasts. Man, now I'm gonna have to check it out. <laughs> yeah, um, he's. <laughs> have you seen the episode of The Simpsons where Bart Simpson runs for class president? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, There's, The Simpsons have been on for so long. I can't even remember the last time I watched The Simpsons. It's one of the good early season ones. Okay, so, I probably did then. I probably just don't remember. So Bart runs for class president, and he just says the exact opposite of the nerd Martin who's running against him. And, like, one of the lines that was great, it, Martin's like, I want to cut the asbestos out of the classrooms. Bart goes, cut it out. We need more asbestos. It has a cla <laughs> class chanting, more asbestos, more asbestos. But, you know, he gets the popularity of everybody but then they go vote, and it's just Martin and one other kid, and Bart didn't even vote for himself because he was too busy campaigning. <laughs> I did vote for myself. That part's yes. done. So I, I'm just <laughs> saying it's a really good, you know, me. Actually, I'm saying to all my listeners, vote for whoever you think would be, you know, the who who is your running mate? Sorry, I haven't even looked yet. Uh, so the person running against me is a Larry David. Yep. He was the Florida region uh, director, I think, or he was vice president when I came on the committee. He just never attended any meetings. Uh, so I don't know much about him. See, that's a shame. That really is a shame. Um, we, uh, Hefty Jesus made a good post that you've attended 11 nationals recently and he's attended two. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna talk bad about anybody because nope. I don't know him. So nope. Yeah, you don't know. When, when you were on Rory, you never met the guy, even though he was vice president. Right. The first time I met him was at Valkyrie. He yeah. was at that national, so that's probably one of the two he attended in the last six or eight years. Oof. Aiden Burke is also wondering: Does he think Keenan should fill in one of the empty spots on the board? And I had a follow-up questions: Are people in the Dominican Republic and Roar? No. no, Puerto Rico, but it has to be U.S. territory. Okay. Okay. It's one of those things. So I guess that would make him not eligible. Although he's in America enough, he could apply for citizenship and then he could become a member. I want to <laughs> say he has a British passport. Uh, so it'd be BRCA. See, that that's the thing. So you never... I would love to have him as part of Roar. He'd be great at promotions. Hell, he's he... been doing great not even being part of Roar promoting me, so... He's one guy who truly loves the hobby for what it is. Yes. And yes, he absolutely does. I, I, you, you didn't really get a chance to talk to him, but I've talked to him a bunch and listened. I'm the one who actually got him into podcasting. 
Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, I, the, I think the only older podcast in mine is Rip, the Radio Impound. Because hmm. we used to do this with one microphone in the center of a room back in like 2012, 2011. Wow. Yeah. And then we quit for a couple of years and I brought it back with my podcast equipment and I quit for a couple of years. And then one of my old, my, one of my buddies got me back into it and we've been going for like four years straight now. Well, when I become president, you just give me a ring and oh, yeah. if I'm not racing at a track, I'll jump back on. I don't well, mind. you're at the track right now and you're, you, you're yeah, I'm at the track. kind enough. <laughs> I'm to missing my up. first qualifier, but I don't know Sorry, right man. now because I just got done racing the whole, uh, for the last four days. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm good with skipping a qualifier. I bet your car is super <laughs> dialed right now. Uh, it's dialed for Florida. It's not really dialed for here. I made a change. It should be fine. Okay. It's local. Yeah. It's, it's just meeting and greeting and shaking hands and kissing babies. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> trying uh, to strict, trying to get all those votes out. We can. Yeah, man. Um, I'm planning on actually rejoining and voting here by the end of the weekend here. Um, hopefully they give you a number and your vote counts. Yeah. That's the thing where I'm like, Oof, dude, are they going to screw? I, are you going to, I would save it. If you're not a yeah. war member right now, I would say save your money yep. and let war earn your trust. Okay. And c- come back because you want to come back. Yeah. Um, spending $35 to give me one vote. Shouldn't sway the vote. I know. But, but the thing is I, I want to vote now because I want to vote for the rules. Like I might not go to a roar <laughs> event, but I want to vote for the rules. Cause we all, you know, there's always one or two roar rules that a track doesn't follow, but the majority is roar rules. Right. And I don't doubt that there'll be something that we missed when we first put them out. Yeah. So like when they come out, they may not be perfect. Just let us know what we missed so we can make them perfect. Sounds good. But saying that they're all screwed up, that's not helpful. Just tell us what we missed. Right, <laughs> like, right. Hey, you forgot this ride height or you forgot this width or yep. uh, this size. Like, okay, cool. Thank you. We'll update it and we'll post it. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. Like, I'm, <clears throat> I hate to say it, I'm a rarity to where I race absolutely everything. I'm I, starting to do that. It's kind of crazy. I haven't raced. <laughs> I was racing on Tuesday off-road carpet. Yeah. Thursday on-road carpet. <laughs> Saturday was oval. Yeah. At least carpet or dirt, and then Sunday would be like asphalt on road. I was like, oh my gosh, I have no life. Yeah. I'm racing or prepping for the next race every other day. Yep. Well, <laughs> and I'm doing four cars now because I'm doing my cars and my boys' cars, and that's for the winter. Getting A scales ready in the summer. I got my boy racing A scale nitro last year, and now he's hooked on it, so I have to keep him in it. <laughs> How nice! So keeping uh, several nitro vehicles going too. It's just like, oh yeah, my life's also nothing but wrenching a lot of the time. Um, yeah, fortunately, I know nothing about the nitro motor, but the Schimmels were there to help me um, dude, when it wasn't running right. It's not bad one. M- Modern motors, I should say, aren't bad. Like, people tried, like, if you've tried racing Nitro prior to 2010, a lot of those guys have a very bad taste in their mouth because it was really hard to get your stuff running then. Now you get it tuned properly. Like, Adam Drake has a video on all the settings on his motors, on all the Adam Drake motors, carb settings. Oh, uh, I need to watch it because that's what I have. Yeah, <laughs> he's got them all the way through. For do you have? I'm guessing Adam Drake too. 
Uh, I, I got it for the 21 Nats. So yeah. So at, it's that, got a pink header on it. Oh, so yeah, it's a Ronda Drake, but it's an Adam Drake too. But um, yeah, he's got on his YouTube channel, he does a lot of videos, so you'll have to look, but he's got the carb settings for that motor and it'll run like a champ with those. Yeah, he was actually at the race. So yeah. he looked at it one time, I think he tweaked something and then it's like, yep, you're good. It's really close to good before you brought it here. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Dude. I was just having a problem getting around the track. So yeah. Like the motor wasn't my problem. It was yeah. me. <laughs> Two hours on a motor on an adjustment is huge. Um, I got one last question. It's from Corey Hens. He was on the podcast last week. He's I've been friends with Corey Hens since early nineties. I used to race oh, wow. I used to race in his backyard when I was a little boy. <laughs> oh nice. Yeah. He goes. I would like to see a regional event mean something like you were talking earlier, such as rural mm. regional races, top 10 to 20 finishers have an opportunity to go to the national event without having to play the lottery, give the regions a reason to promote roar and have roar events at track affiliations. I, so. I would agree. I just think we're not like most nationals aren't very well attended as right. it is. Right. So until, until we straighten out nationals and people are like, oh, wow, that was a blast. It was run well. You know, I, I knew what the schedule was when I showed up. Like, all the things that people would expect at a big race. Yep. I, I, I think it's hard to get regionals working when we can't do nationals right. So I'm also, But I would love to get there. I'm also a race director. Oh, cool. And I've been doing it for 12 years now. One thing that has never bothered me about Aurora event is they always do the best job keeping on schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, uh, so I was part of the RMT while I was competition director. Yep. Um, my first race was Thornhill and our announcer backed out. Oh. So I started announcing at Thornhill. No. That... And I think, I Dude. think Adam Drake was one of the people that yelled at me because I didn't call traffic because um, somebody took him out or something. Uh, but in the box, you could only see like a quarter of the track yeah. as it was. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, uh, I, I'm sorry. Like, so yeah, I, it's like, I, it, it's almost like, you know, stepping into the octagon and your first fight is against the UFC heavyweight champ, Francis yep. Ngannou. And I had a blast because I was so entertained by the top drivers. Yeah. I was literally screaming. Matter of fact, Spencer Rivkin, because uh, I lost my voice right before the finals. <sighs> so I made it all the way up through semis. <laughs> and then I was like, I got to get another announcer. I have no voice. Yeah. And Spencer won that year. And he was like, wow, I, I, I was surprised you made it that far because you were getting <laughs> so excited early on that I, I was surprised you made it as far as you did. <laughs> well, that's the things you, you – if you do any more announcing, you'll have to learn to preserve your voice. Um, if you lose your voice again, it's disgusting and you'll hate yourself and you'll never eat another one again. But you eat those jumbo marshmallows as whole as possible. I've never heard that. Because it drags the snot and everything else blocking your vocal cords from vibrating it brings all that down your throat, and you'll have a I voice. I never for... knew that. I'm going to have to bring jumbo marshmallows. I had to eat a bag and a half in two days. 
Oh, wow. I was so disgusted with my, I, I had just, but it worked. It worked that whole weekend because I lost it Friday during practice. I'm like, oh, I'm screwed. It was, <laughs> it was like MNRC, MNRC series finale and the Drakes were there. Mm. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least now I know a remedy because my throat started hurting Friday yeah. after Wednesday's just seeding stuff. Yep. And then I was like, oh, I just got a sore throat. So then I started taking lozenges. And then Saturday it just progressively was getting worse. And I'm yeah. like, Jeff, I don't know if I'm going to make it through Sunday. He's like, yeah. you better make it through Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like. I'm getting worse and worse and worse because you know those days are so long. Oh yeah, because Thorn- Thornhill was sold out, so we were starting early in the morning and we were going until really late at night. So, um, and then it just got to the point, like in the semis, where I was just like, ah, da, da, da. like there's yeah. nothing there. I have nothing <laughs> left. You know what's funny? It's like on my long this uh, little anecdote. Um, on my long drive home, I forgot that I didn't have a voice, and I tried going through a drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> that did not work. You didn't have any more marshmallows, huh? No. Um, <laughs> but also next time before you announce, uh, get some stuff called throat coat tea. Mm. That stuff also helps. So, yeah, okay. man, it was a good conversation. Um, I got to let you get back to the track. I can't let you miss any more qualifying. So, <laughs> It's local, so it's all good. All right. Well, Thanks for coming on, man. It was a great conversation. Um, I'm really happy that somebody cares and like that level of the the level of people even wanting to commit and care ha- hasn't been there in years. It's it's almost like the last person to care was Don Sanchez, and she really wasn't a racer. Her husband was. Mm, okay. So, all right, man. Well, I'm going to let you fly here. Um, thanks for coming on, and you can come on anytime you want. And I'm Joe Zerry Jr., and with me was Clayton Young. And remember to vote for who you'd like, but I prefer you vote for Clayton Young for Roar President. And we've ran out of talent. <laughs>